0: Hi, I'm Mecky. And I'm Tammy. And we're the hosts of Meck and Tam, where Meck and I talk about food, quick and easy recipes we love. And politics, current events, and issues affecting our lives.
1: Hey, Tam.
0: How you doing, my friend? How you
1: doing good? (laughs) (laughs) One
0: of these days, you're going to have to... Tell people where that comes from. I know. I will,
1: my little kitty pie. All right. (laughs) Um, So this is season two, officially, right? Yeah. Yeah. First show of season two, y'all. And I guess it's not food with politics anymore, but it's McIntam.
0: Yeah. You and I are always talking about a bunch of stuff that we end up editing out. Well, you do all the editing, you know, you're the editing guru here. Yeah, whatever. But (laughs) we both decide what stays in and what doesn't stay in. But we edit a lot of stuff and we're always like, we should do a show about this. And we should do a show about that. Right. that's that True. Song? Yeah, yeah. You can be with this. You can be with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just stories that we've had in our lives that people can relate to. For example, hiring a wedding planner you weren't pleased with. <laughs> or watching your neighborhood gentrifying right in front of your eyes. True. Or telling your friend she might want to use deodorant because the crystals aren't working. Remember that story? <laughs> You are wrong for that. Yes, I do. Like, you good girl. <laughs> I mean, we're always talking about politics because it seems there's always a political aspect to everything. That being said, we do want to talk about other stuff like health, business, people's personal stories, fashion, relationships, and so forth. So we're just going to call it mech and Tam. Okay, girl. Cool. I think you're right. We do talk about a whole ass host
1: of things <laughs> besides <laughs> politics, but somehow politics are inherently woven into it. So it's kind of funny or maybe just fitting that our first show of our second season kind of sit in the intersection of business, politics, and people's personal stories. Because today we're going to talk broadly about how the pandemic has affected small businesses across the country. And we hear from three small business owners from New York City and San Diego about how the pandemic has personally affected their businesses. So Tam, let's get to it.
0: Wait, 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 girl. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Um, recipe? Weekend? How was your weekend? Oh, that. <laughs> who's, true, wait, true. who's sharing a recipe today? You are, girl. It's your turn. Oh. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to share my meatloaf recipe. Oh, so, meatloaf. <laughs> Everybody has like a meatloaf recipe that maybe their grandmother gave them or something like that. But I mm-hmm. just have a recipe that's my go-to that's really easy.
1: Have you guys been you in know, the store? Wait, wait, I know it's funny. I'm sorry to inter- interrupt you, but I find meatloaf pretty unoffensive, right? But like my kids cannot stand it. Like if I say meatloaf, mm-hmm. I think I tried to make it once. I just like, meatloaf, you <laughs> I was like... Why don't they like meatloaf? Oh no, because it's basically just like a hamburger patty put into a bread loaf shape. It's the same concept, right? It's just a bunch of ground beef put together. I don't know. I don't know what their hesitancy about it is, but every time I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try to make a meatloaf. I'm like,
0: ew, meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good way to put it, that it's just like a hamburger, but just shaped in a different way. So if you cut a piece, that's why people make meatloaf sandwiches. Yeah, see, there you go. Right. But anyways, I'm sorry. So tell me about your meatloaf. So you know how you go into the store and they have those packets of McCormick and they have all those different spices and stuff. There's a packet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's one for meatloaf. And I use that. And if you follow that recipe, it has egg in it. You put breadcrumbs in it. In the store is how they put the ketchup on top. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. At the end, I put the ketchup on top. Oh my God, it is so good. It's literally like a burger with a ketchup. Very interesting. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'll put it up on Instagram. I know it sounds like really simple. It is really simple. It's uh-huh. easy,
1: but it's good. It just sounds like super Midwest America for somebody that's cool though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we should definitely do that. We should have a meatloaf baking contest or whatever. That'd be really fun. A meatloaf off? Meatloaf off. Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> But that does sound good. It sounds really good. I think we should get into the business now. What you think? Well, what about your weekend? How was your weekend? Yeah, it was fine. Same old, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're still, I mean, we're not like super locked down, but ain't nothing. Same stuff, different day. Yeah. It was good. Right. It was fine. Yeah. How's yours? Yeah, same. Yeah, I guess you're right. Let's just get in the show.
1: Let's just get into it. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about small business survival in the times of COVID, or as a friend of mine likes to put it, I talk. Shout out uh, to Karen for that. In times of COVID. <laughs> Okay, I think I'm showing my age, but what is I talk? Oh, sorry, I just said in times of COVID. Oh, so yeah, pay, okay. pay attention to me. Yeah, pay attention in times of COVID. Right. Um, okay. So I read a woman in the workplace study, that's what it was called by McKinsey and Company. And they're, I don't know if you know, but they're a huge consulting agency. They conducted in partnership with leanin.org mm-hmm. that found that the effects of COVID-19, the crisis, it's exasperated gender disparities and their implications for women at work, especially for mothers, female senior leaders and black women across America, including black business owners.
0: So in another report, not associated with McKinsey and Company, it was found that 41% of Black-owned businesses have been shuttered by COVID-19 compared to just 17% of white-owned businesses. So on our show today, we feature two Black-owned businesses in New York, as well as a woman-owned business in San Diego. And actually, one of the Black-owned businesses is also a woman-owned. So that's kind of like a double whammy. Hmm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Tam. And for this, we wanted you to hear directly from them. So we spoke with them about their experience experiences as small business owners navigating the pandemic. So I think we should start with Miriam. What do you think, Tam?
0: Yeah, let's start with Miriam.
1: Great. Miriam, can you give us your full name and tell us a little bit about your business?
2: My name is Miriam Allard. I am the founder and creative director at B Cake Y, a a custom cake studio in Prospect Heights in Brooklyn. And I started the business in 2009. Thanks. Can you tell us what
0: effect, if any, has the pandemic had on your business?
2: The pandemic definitely immensely impacted our business. Immediately, we pretty much lost all business because gatherings were banned right away um, for safety reasons.
1: Wow, that must have been really stressful.
2: What did you do? So we not only were people not ordering cakes anymore, but they also were basically demanding their deposits back all the way through 2021. So it was definitely a very scary time. And it was sort of a time to, for us to right away come up with a plan, how to pivot the business and how to figure out a plan to actually make it through. That was definitely very challenging. So we basically changed the entire business concept. Within a few days, which was yeah, definitely sort of started with a bit of a panic at first. You know, looking at pretty much a sort of large amount of debt by you know having to pay back all these deposits. So we came up with a new plan to make smaller cakes and have people design them themselves on our website.
0: Wow, what a brilliant way to pivot using the small cakes. That's that's brilliant. Mm, totally.
2: So pre-corona, people were able to come into the store every day. We had open tastings. You could come sit down with a cake decorator, a cake designer, and You know, design the cake of your dreams and then have it delivered to your event. So immediately we shut down the store, covered it with acrylics. People were able to pretty much just order for delivery or pickup. You can right now just take one step into the store and then there's a large acrylic wall just to, you know, protect the staff and the clients as well. So people are now ordering their own cakes on our website or we're also doing consultations over the phone just to avoid contact. Yeah, that was definitely a big adjustment. Also, just turnaround times have changed. People don't make plans really ahead anymore. I mean, we don't know what happens in two, three weeks, essentially. So we had to change our turnaround from sometimes three to four weeks to now 24 to 48 hours on our website. So that was definitely a big adjustment for staff and just general operations to make that happen.
1: So it really sounds like you're
0: having or have been really nimble
1: just to survive.
0: How did you survive and has business come back to pre-pandemic levels? So we started with this new motto that said
2: birthdays are not canceled. So we kind of tried to figure out what our clients needed at the time and really tried to listen to what they were looking for. And it was really small celebration cakes that you could quickly have for your kids or your family members just to celebrate at home. And so we really came up with a few great options that you can order through the site and just have them delivered to your house safely. We had no contact delivery and we've you know all these options available now. That really saved our business and that also I think, was really appreciated by the community. I mean, we've had really people come in daily and just saying, hey, guys, I just want to say thank you. You made it happen. There was nothing available for my kids' event that I was having at the house with maybe three four people or just our family, but we weren't able to receive anything. I mean, even places like large party stores were closed and you weren't able to get decorations and, you know, a lot of things. And obviously not invite your friends. So they were super happy when they found out that we were open and that they could have a nice celebration cake.
0: That's really amazing. And that actually speaks to how important mom and pop shops are for the community. So question, what else have you done to stay
2: relevant? We also have a few pre-packaged goods now, mason jars, for example, that are filled with cake. They are great. We can now ship those nationwide as well. They've been really popular for Zoom parties or just people that are looking for something that's individually packaged just for safety and hygiene reasons. So it also definitely motivated us to just come up with some new solutions. You know, there are things that people didn't think about. I think birthday candles are sort of something that is, they're going to be replaced with sparklers because now people really don't want to eat cake that someone has you know blown on previously so (laughs) we kind of just adapted with what clients needed and what works with this new normal so i think our business has definitely changed i don't think it will be going back the way it was i think we've come up with a few new things that are great that are efficient that are popular but we will definitely stick to the new rules. People will always work with masks. Clients will always have to wear masks coming in. Definitely for the next what year or two, I anticipate.
1: What sort of changes do you see for the future of your business?
2: Minority-owned or Black woman-owned businesses have historically been underbanked and under supported. So in this case, it really showed that people did not have the support that others have. Just being able to apply for loans and to be able to show a relationship with a bank, with a credit line, with good credit, a lot of the requirements that were necessary in order to get support from the government in these times, I think people were just struggling with filling out the application alone. There was so much documentation, so much accounting, so much required that I think a lot of small businesses don't even have the resources for that in itself. So a lot of these loans that were supposed to go to businesses that really needed were not reaching the people that were really in need because they were not able or not qualified enough to even make it through the application process. So that was ever-changing and very grueling. Well, I'm not surprised that 41% of Black-owned businesses are closing down. I think it's going to be a lot more by the end of the year, by the spring time, just because it's really impossible. There are certain businesses who have tiny spaces. It's New York City. Real estate is expensive. For people to have large spaces where social distancing is possible is very difficult. And you know, after all these months, people are maxed out. So I think it's definitely not surprising. And I think what needs to happen is really we need proper leadership and some real support that really goes to the people that really need it. I mean, we've all seen the reports of, you know, large organizations receiving millions of dollars while mom and pop shops are closing down and are just struggling to pay rent and keep employees on payroll while they're sort of also then competing with unemployment payments. So it's been really just kind of a chaotic back and forth that we really are looking forward, I think, someone that can lead, sort of lead the
0: It's really not a surprise that COVID-19 has had a negative effect on small businesses, especially women-owned and Black-owned businesses. doesn't surprise me. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, true. So next we spoke with Amanda Crabtree. She has an events management
1: business called Spark and Sage Events located in San Diego, California, and it serves the Southern California area. She's been an event planner for six years and just recently launched Spark and Sage Events.
0: Can you tell us what effect, if any, has the pandemic had on your business?
3: So it's no surprise that the event industry has been significantly impacted by the pandemic As you might guess, because both public and private events have been canceled or at least postponed because they focus on the absolutely one thing we are encouraged not to do right now, which is gathering in close quarters with folks outside of our immediate household. So as a result, many event planners, caters, photographers, DJs, and others who offer event services have found that demand has just about come to a standstill or alternatively have had to make a shift To doing more virtual events in the meantime, just to continue making a living. As the owner of an event management company myself, I've had to supplement with work outside of the industry in the meantime, just to kind of keep afloat.
1: Amanda, were you able to survive with so much of the business essentially wiped out when the pandemic hit?
3: So surviving the economic impact of this year has definitely been rough on the industry. Many at the beginning of the stay home order, I found myself laid off from my job as an event planner, which obviously presents a lot of stress and worry since there really isn't any clear guarantee of more work. Before the pandemic, we at least had the security that like, if one job or business failed, there would at least be the opportunity to pick up work somewhere else. But unfortunately, right now, we still don't know when in-person events would be possible and when demand will pick up again. Personally, though, I've been able to use this time to launch my own event business, which is definitely a gamble. and maybe a little bit crazy, but at least for me, it's an opportunity to start something that I've always wanted to try. And I'm hoping that this downtime will help set me up for success next year. That's really awesome, Amanda. We wish you
0: the best and hope it's a success.
1: Yeah, for sure. Can you tell us what sort of changes you anticipate for the future of your business?
3: Unfortunately, though we see some progress with limits on gatherings, especially depending on where you are located, it's still going to be a long time before folks are comfortable with resuming those in-person high guest count events. This just means that for the time being, those in the industry will have to pivot their services towards smaller in-person events virtual events or events that can maintain mask and social distancing protocols. As I specialize in weddings, I think that a trend will develop there towards micro weddings with an intimate guest count or even towards minimonies, which just focus on the commitment ceremony and forgo the reception, which isn't necessarily a bad thing as couples will realize that these options allow them to reduce their budgets and focus on those closest to them and allow them to play with details that normally weren't possible with a larger event. I think along with many other industries, the pandemic has certainly just pushed us all out of our comfort zones and has required us to think creatively about what we can offer.
1: That's really interesting.
0: Thanks for sharing the minimonies. I love that.
3: Hi, Rutemi. Do you mind giving us your full name
0: and tell us a little bit about your business?
4: Hi, my name is Rotimi Akinoye. I'm one of the owners of Bedvine Wine, Bedvine Brew, Bedvine Cocktail, all three businesses in beautiful Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn,
1: Can you tell us what effect, if any, the pandemic has had on your business?
4: So like I mentioned, we have three businesses. Two of them are bars where it requires people to come inside. So obviously those two have suffered due to the pandemic. We were closed early in the pandemic, but we've been open for about three, four months now. Obviously we had to lay off people and sales are not what they used to be. So those have suffered. We are lucky that we're one of the ones that are still opened and we cover our bills and basically sort of keep the doors open for now. In terms of the third business, Bedfine Wine, which is a retail wine and spirit store, that's actually picked up sales during COVID. Unfortunately, I, I guess people needed their drinks. Um, so the retail wine shop has actually done better during COVID compared to the two bars, which have been adversely affected by closing the doors and leaving limited access to our customers. The wine shop is doing great. We have an app that we've picked up a lot of new customers. We actually deliver all over the country more than we were doing before COVID. So we've had to really adjust to the pandemic and be more creative in how we operate all three businesses. But the pandemic has definitely affected all three, but specifically two of them. We've been adversely affected with less sales and less employees.
0: How did you survive and has your business come back from pre-pandemic levels?
4: Well, the businesses definitely have not come back to pre-pandemic levels. We did apply for the PPP and we did receive it for two businesses, two out of three. So that carried us through April, May, June, which was helpful. And then we got back to having customers come outside to the two bars. So with being more creative in how we reach our customers and advertise and with the help of the PPP program, and also just really scaling back expenses. That's how we've survived and we continue to survive because the pandemic is not over. It's going to be a challenging time surviving the winter months when we, once again, will have pretty slow sales. Winter months are already slow pre-pandemic. So with the pandemic, it's going to be interesting to see how things work out.
3: What sort
1: of changes do you anticipate for the future of your business?
4: We really don't know what's going to happen. Anyone that tries to predict or act like they know what's going to happen with all these businesses, they're pretty much uh, fooling themselves. So we don't know what the future brings. We don't know what kind of changes to anticipate. We just know that there will be less sales. We know that for sure. There will be challenges paying rent for a lot of retail businesses in New York City and across the country. And we're just going to have to figure out ways to generate more income ways to get more customers. We're probably going to have to rely a lot more on technology in terms of apps and delivery systems and getting outside business more so than the food traffic. We're going to have to go back out and figure out creative ways to get businesses from outside entities that normally don't walk in front of our wine shop or our bars. So it's going to be interesting to see what the future brings for all three businesses is
1: so that was really cool. I really loved hearing from these three. And what was strikingly evident to me, Tam, is that they all had so much resilience, creativity, and nimbleness. Is that even a word? I don't that know. Um, <laughs> right. That <laughs> Sounds all good. three of them. That all three of them exhibited. I'm personally very familiar with both Rotimi's three businesses, the wine shop and the two bars, as I am with Miriam's cake shop. And I'm so glad that despite the odds, they both were still open and operating. I think it's clear that they all had to really think fast on their toes and pivot their business models. For example, Bedvine Wine selling and shipping more wine than they previously have before. Or B Cake New York with coming up with the idea for the mason jar cakes and shipping those all over the country. And then there's Amanda getting laid off and launching her own business, her own wedding events company, Spark and Sage. They all had to really get creative and as hard as it was, adjust with these really difficult and present times.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm really impressed with all three of them. And I personally am familiar with Amanda's work. She helped me with my wedding. Again, back to Amanda. She helped (laughs) me with my wedding when I was having issues with my wedding planner. She's actually a longtime friend of my sister, Brittany, and we walk together on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. So last week when I was walking with her, we were talking about her business and she made a great point about those mini monies. Mm -hmm. When planning a wedding, it's hard to decide who to invite, but covid can actually be a blessing in disguise because if you have the excuse of COVID-19, you can keep your wedding small and not invite all the people in your family. You're usually strong arm <laughs> to invite. <laughs> I mean, you would think so.
1: I've heard of people with COVID weddings with hundred people, 150, so that's kind of crazy. But yeah, really? generally people, yeah, yeah. It's nuts, a little bit batty, but yes, you would think right now it's a reason to keep your wedding small. Yeah. And real quick, I want to go back to the reasons why black owned businesses fail at a quicker rate than white owned businesses. They just don't have the same access to capital as the white owned businesses and banks don't generally give them favorable loans. Right. So they're starting out with much less cash reserve for tough times. To our listeners, we definitely want to encourage you to support your local mom and pop businesses. As you heard Miriam say, many large businesses are being given millions of PPP funds to keep their businesses running while smaller businesses are struggling to get all the help that they need.
0: So question, Black-owned businesses and women-owned businesses, was it harder for them to get PPP funds? From what I've read is that a lot of the more bigger businesses or ones
1: that are more well established have people working on behalf of them to make sure they secure those loans. Uh, right. So yeah, if you're a small mom and pop shop, you don't have all that going for you. Right. And then in general, that's been sort of the trend is these PPP funds are going to businesses that may not need them as much as some of these local mom and pop stores. Right. That sounds logical. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if you'd like to support the businesses we featured on our show today, the links will post them and you can find them wherever you listen to your podcast. Please support these black owned and women owned businesses.
1: Yeah. Y'all support if you can. And actually we want to announce a little giveaway. We're going to do our part to support the businesses we featured. Um, we would like to send three people who get the most of their friends to subscribe to our podcast and follow our Instagram with a bottle of wine from Bedvine a mason jar cake from B Cake New York and a handmade personalized stone from Spark and Sage.
0: The rules are easy. All you have to do is get as many of your friends to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on IG. Email us at mechandtam at gmail.com That's right. Our email has changed. mechandtam at gmail.com
1: Or call us. And wait, us. Tam, can you spell it? Is it Mek, M-E-K-N
0: with an N? Oh yeah, I'm N. sorry. I should mm-hmm. have said that. Thanks, Mek. <laughs> sure. It's M-E-K-N as in Nancy, T-A-M at gmail.com. Or you can call us or text us at 646 504 three one six four with the names of the people that you referred and the best number or email to contact you and if you get it into us before midnight on november 10th we'll announce the winner on wednesday november 11th get in there and get those gifts that's right get in there get those
1: gifts and
0: that is all we have for you
1: if you have any questions at all please feel free to contact us and we look forward to seeing you next
0: week see you next week
1: Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoy talking. Do us a favor. And if you
0: like what you heard, spread the word. Woo!
1: For those of you already following us at Food With Politics, no need to do anything. It'll just be Mech and Tam now. If you don't, go ahead and find us on Instagram
0: at Mech and Tam. Follow us and subscribe to the podcast. Just remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday and we'll talk to you then.